Hello and welcome to episode 362 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of Many Topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and uh, the title of this episode will require a little bit of explaining. So ahead of that, let's just introduce the panel first. Joining me tonight is Audra Bowling. Hello. And making his Retro Encounter debut, Brian McKenzie. Hey. And making her Retro Encounter debut, Tin Manuel. Hello. Tin, Brian, Audra. Uh, the title of this episode is RPGs on Repeat because I thought that was a little bit less of a mouthful than RPGs you've played over and over and never get tired of. Yeah, that's really long. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, this is true of all of us. We, we have our, our, our comfort items, things like a, a favorite song that you heard for the first time 20 years ago, but still listen to to this day, or maybe a favorite movie that you can watch over and over and enjoy uh, the same amount every time. It's it's different from food, because if you like like, like if, if you eat ice cream, ten servings of ice cream, the tenth one won't be as delicious as the first one, right? It, sometimes there's diminishing returns when you uh, for, for even for things that you enjoy, um, and but for your comfort things. Uh, like sometimes familiarity um, does not breed contempt or diminishing returns. Sometimes the more you watch something, the more you like it, or the uh, or the more you listen to something, the closer you feel to it. Uh, so I-, I wonder if this ex- if this same concept extends to RPGs. Most RPGs are not meant uh, to be played over and over and over. A-, a lot. It's usually a linear story of sorts that has a beginning and an ending. But that's but we don't only play RPGs once. Like uh, all of us have played our uh, some of our favorite games many many times, and uh, so that's what we're doing. Uh, th- this is a, another show and tell episode that we we do several of these a year, where sort of everyone brings a game or a series or a topic to a tape to the episode with a connected theme, and then we take turns talking about each topic. Uh, these won't necessarily be all of our favorite games from the four of us. But they will be games that we've played many times and still enjoy every time, maybe in spite of ourselves or in spite of themselves. Uh, but before we share the games, I, I, I want to ask you, um, uh, starting with you, Audra, like how often do you uh, nowadays do you repeat or uh, replay a favorite older game, or RPG, especially RPGs? Not too much, I'm afraid. Does that have something to do with you reviewing 30 games a year? <laughs> yes, pretty much, actually. It really has cut back on my the time I have to replay things. So, some, I mean, I still sometimes try to for certain games, but not as much. Okay, uh, Tin, same question. Uh, like, Do you replay games often, uh, say, the past couple of years? Or, uh, or do you mostly seek newer experiences? Um... I try to like mix them up in between, but I have to say, like past year, I wasn't also able to play like my old go-to games. But yeah, I like to revisit them every now and then, like after, like I don't know, like every after four years, five years, <laughs> just to yeah. bring back the nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, if you have a game that was that was a new favorite, maybe you. Uh... You have you give it some distance first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then when there's been enough time and you feel like playing it again, it's just as exciting to play that. I have a couple games like that that I wish I could replay, 
but but haven't. Um, I, I guess I'll take a turn. My turn now. Um, I, I'm in a similar boat to Audra. I barely ever replay games nowadays, and that's because I mean a lot of it is because I uh, I podcast for RPG fan. I'm always either playing a game for the podcast or um, I'm reviewing something, or I want to play a game made in that year so I can write about it at the end of the year. And and uh, my backlog is so crazy. If I'm re- if I replay an old favorite game instead of doing something in the backlog, I wonder is like is, am I wasting my own time when I'm playing a game I've played seven times when I could be playing a, a new experience? It's I, I used to replay games a lot, uh, but now I I don't do it nearly as much anymore. Uh, uh, Brian, same question to you. Um, recently, how often do you replay games versus uh, playing new, new ones that are new to you? Uh, I replay Fire Emblem games a lot. Like a lot, maybe too much. Uh, but outside of that, uh, I don't replay games that often. Uh, Fire Emblem foreshadows of Valentia, you might say. <laughs> yeah, I, I pretty much have a Fire Emblem game in constant rotation. All right, well, uh, this dovetails quite nicely into this the main part of this podcast where each of us take turns discussing uh, games that we do love replaying, perhaps in spite of ourselves. And uh, so, so Brian, you want to talk to us a little bit about Fire Emblem? Like uh, you mentioned that you always had a Fire Emblem game on rotation somewhat. Um, which one's currently on rotation or, or maybe what's, which one is in rotation the most? Uh, well, this weekend it's, it's new Fire Emblem weekend. So I, I've been playing Engage lately. Uh, but typically, I, I think Fire Emblem 8 Sacred Stones is the one that I have replayed the most. Uh, I really love that game. I think it is when Fire Emblem games started to become super replayable uh, because it has, it's got a small branching story and this is where they added like the branching promotional paths. So every time you play, you can like take your units down different promotion paths and then it has all of the things that make Fire Emblem games replayable in general where, you know, you, you have a cast of like 40 characters, but an army of 10. So you get to mix and match however you want. Uh, they're going to get different level ups. The RNG is going to be different on every map. Um, and I also think the fact that Sacred Stones is kind of easy uh, makes it great for replays because you can do a lot of challenge runs on it and it's really approachable. Like you can do draft runs where uh, you do it with multiple people and you take turns picking characters. Uh, unit solo runs where you beat the game with one character. Iron Man's where you never reset. Um, and I think this is one of the easiest games to do those runs on. Uh, so when I want to do a challenge run, this is one of the ones I gravitate towards. Yeah, that's sort of the design philosophy from for the three Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem games, uh, 6, 7, and 8, which are Sealed Sword, Blazing Sword, and then Sacred Stones. Like, each of them got easier as you went along. Each of them, the number of total units got smarter. I'm sorry, got smaller but the individual units got more powerful and had more ways to customize them. So in Fire Emblem 8, or Sacred Stones, of those GBA games, it gives you probably the most freedom and the most efficacy with how you build your team, which probably makes it fun to rebuild them a different way every time, because like I, I can't possibly think of replaying Fire Emblem 7 without using Oswin and Hector all the time, because they, they are key cogs in my strategy every single time I play the game. But in, in Fire Emblem 8, you could build your um, your heavy characters like uh, like uh, Amelia or, or the guy that looks like a Super Saiyan. What's his name? Um, uh, you know who I mean. The, the guy that looks like a Super Saiyan. Your knight? Your knight, yeah. Oh your my heavy god, knight. what's his name? Yeah, I think his armor's green. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, well, um, yeah, yeah, but anyway, like you, you can build your heavy units um, di- differently uh, every time. So you have more freedom and it's a little easier so you can play it in all the unique ways that you described. Um, I've only played Fire Emblem Sacred Stones once. I, I liked it a lot, but uh, but I, I guess I was more entranced by other tra- strategy RPGs that have an entirely different tone from Fire Emblem. Maybe we'll talk about some of those later this episode. But uh, it's Gilliam. That's Gilliam. His name. That's him. You know, I I thought it was G or H, but, but I think maybe it was maybe I had I had Hector on the brain, which is is normal. Hector is is like top three Fire Emblem characters ever for me. I love that man. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Amelia and Gilliam are you know your two options for heavy knights, and except for maybe maybe there's a, a random general they give you also. But uh, I, I don't know why I picked them as an example, but. Like there's a lot of ways to build your team every time playing Sacred Stones. That is definitely true. I, I think Amelia is a, a good shout out too because this was also when they, I believe, the first time they did trainee units, uh, where you had Ross, Amelia, and Ewan who started in like like a little baby class that only had ten levels, uh, right. and then you could take them down a variety of different promotion paths. So Amelia could end up a general or a paladin. Um, and that was kind of another way to differentiate your runs, uh, especially it, it also helped that Sacred Stones was easier because you just wouldn't use those characters in like uh, a Fire Emblem six or seven hard mode run because it would be too much of a pain to raise them. But in Sacred Stones, it's not that bad. Yeah, and in, in, in older Fire Emblem games, they do have like baby units that they give you late that have a lot of potential yeah, but I think this was the first time they had their own class, right? Like I think the so, yeah. Stark like, type still usually was a normal class. Yeah, I I remember them being called Ests. So like 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 probably I don't know like Fear in Fe six and definitely Nino in Fe seven. But but like stuff like the peasant that you get in Awakening or uh, or like like a, a special baby class that can become three different final classes. They they hadn't really done anything like that before. But but Ross, Ewan, and Amelia are so fun to raise in uh, Sacred Stones, especially since they get 10 extra levels from most characters. Uh, I, 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 again, I, if I were to replay it, I would like how I built those three would be near the top of my interest list. But um, uh, Tin or Audra, have either of you played uh, Fire Emblem Sacred Stones? I haven't, actually. <laughs> That's why I couldn't really say much. Yeah, I have not yet either. Which is a shame because I like the Fire Emblems I have played. Well, that's interesting. Maybe Fire Emblem Sacred Stones or one of the other Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem games would be a, a potential future retro encounter episode. But I hope that Brian and I are selling you on it a little bit because it is, it's one of the easier Fire Emblem games, but it gives you a lot of freedom and a pretty interesting story that has sort of two branching paths on it that are, that are both worth exploring. But uh, Audra, if you don't mind uh, indulging me here, uh, you also have a Fire Emblem game or games you would like to discuss. So uh, tell us a little bit about the Fire Emblem game that you've replayed the most. I've replayed the most Fire Emblem Fates and Fire Emblem Three Houses, actually, which I I love Three Houses and I have a like relationship with (laughs) Fates. Just... um, that's very diplomatic of you. Yes. <laughs> I find the third storyline is probably the best one just from a cohesive stance, but it's not great. But it's still a fun game. 
L- listeners, this might require a little bit of explaining. So Fire Emblem Fates is not one of my favorite Fire Emblem games, uh, but it, it is interesting in that it has sort of three di- uh, different versions or routes, uh, sort of like a Pokemon game where uh, it had two separate SKUs, Birthright and Conquest, and each one had a different uh, storyline where you took a different side of the same con- uh, the same war and a different uh, way that you went uh, progressed from map to map and interacted with your units at base. Uh, uh, Birthright is the one that's a little bit more like Sacred Stones, where you have a lot of leveling and in, in between stuff to do at your base. While Conquest is a little bit more like, say, Fire Emblem Seven, where you go to, from map to map with uh, with with less freedom between missions. Um, and there was and there was also a third route that I that I have not played, um, but but do but did download uh, called Revelations. That uh, and Audrey, correct me if I'm wrong. It lets you sort of like walk the line between taking a single side on the conflict. Yes. That's pretty apt description of it. And and so, I mean, is, is part of why you have replayed Fates because you wanted to see all three routes? Yes. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to see all three routes, and then you kind of have some replayability options of the just the different battles and the supports being different depending on who you bring into fights with you. So that was pretty much my main reasoning for playing Fates the whole way through. And, yeah, and supports for people that haven't played... 10 Fire Emblem games like Audra, Brian, or I <laughs> is uh, is in Fire Emblem talk for these special conversations that different units can have when they fight alongside each other often that gives that like unlocks their friendship and give and also gives them stat or ability bonuses. Uh, supports are part of the fun of a Fire Emblem story every time. Yes. But you, but you also mentioned Three Houses, and this is a game that I'm certain Brian has played, but I have not. Uh, I, I do know that it does have sort of uh, at least three routes that you go through. Um, it has at least three routes and then like a hidden one, I believe, on the third route. The One of the routes, you can kind of choose a different path in, while you're playing it. All right, so there's at least three starting points by which house you mm-hmm. side with and then multiple end points depending on decisions you make. Is that is that correct? Again, I have not played this one. Uh, pretty accurate, I think, at least on one of the routes. And then the other two are kind of just more straightforward. Once you pick the the route, you go with that. Now, now, Brian, I'm certain you have played Fates and Three Houses. Uh, do you uh, do you find them as replayable as Audra does? Fates is really replayable uh, for for me. If you can get past the story, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I replay Conquest a lot, but usually skipping the cutscenes. Uh, the gameplay in Conquest, in particular, is really good. There's really interesting maps. Yes, it's. Uh, after Awakening, where they started giving you an insane amount of customization with your units, like any unit can get to just about any class, and there's all these skills you can build on your units. So if you're into that, there's a ton of replayability in Conquest. Uh, Three Houses is actually deceptively less replayable than you would think. Uh, I have replayed it a lot, but all four routes have basically the same first half of the game yeah you have to kind of get through those before it differentiates so there's not as much unique content as you might expect from a game with uh with four routes but this is another one where there's a ton of unit customization right off the bat so if you like that uh you could play three houses a lot and have a different completely different team every time and plus then they added the dlc the ashen wolves so you get even more characters and another story branch 
point, which was fun. Yeah, the DLC story was pretty good. I, mm-hmm. I liked the story and the maps in the DLC. It was a lot of yeah. fun. Yep. Now, I, again, I have not played Fire Emblem Three Houses, but I am interested in it. I do own a copy that I got uh, not that recently, like maybe a year ago or so, uh, on a on uh, on a sale. It, would it be enough for me to play one route and? sort of get it or do you think this is a game you need to sort of play through multiple routes to to see to to get a better shape for what it's about so far i've played two of the main story routes and the dlc and then i was kind of going into i want to go into three hopes but i think you can kind of play just one first just to get kind of a taste of it see if it's something three hopes is the action game that's a sequel but made by the uh by the uh, omega force warriors team right yeah right okay yeah i would say two of the four three houses routes basically feel like a pretty complete story Mm -hmm. uh and the questions that you have at the end of them that you think are going to be answered in the other routes kind of aren't anyway <laughs> oh, uh so so there's two of them that i think give a complete story and then two of them that i usually recommend for second playthroughs i mean between that and having to replay maybe the first half of the game i'm not sure if i'm more or less interested in trying three houses now i think if blue lions in particular is a pretty good self-contained story yes blue lions was my second playthrough and i loved it and i loved the dlc storyline that was really good Interesting. And and um, for again, I, I, I tried the beginning of both Birthright and Conquest for Fire Emblem Fates, but got uh, but fell off both of those for more story reasons than gameplay reasons. I just was really getting sick of, um, I don't know, of my uh, incestuous super siblings, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, if I were to, tr- to revisit Fire Emblem Fates, words I never thought I would be saying on this podcast, like, what would be the path you recommend I take? Conquest. Would you rather have good gameplay or <laughs> an okay story? Mm-hmm. The, both of those sound like Conquest to me. I, I... Oh, no, no, no. Conquest does not have an okay story. <laughs> Birthright has an okay story. No, no, no. no, I, no I, I was talking about good gameplay. That's oh, oh yeah, do Conquest. You, you, you should listen, uh, li- listeners, you should listen to Retro Encounters story versus gameplay episode <laughs> in, in which I specifically mentioned which I value story or gameplay. <laughs> But uh, all right, I I, I I miss enjoying Fire Emblem because I, I genuinely love, say, Fire Emblems uh, six through nine plus 13. <laughs> but I, I fell off the series a little bit after being disappointed by Fates many years ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if I should give that another shot sometime, it, either Fates or Echoes or Three Houses, because I have all three ready to go. But uh, 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 Tin, I'm I'm sorry if we're alienating you in this conversation. <laughs> have 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 you played much Fire Emblem? Actually, um, I only just played Three Houses. Oh, nice. So so you uh so so you do know what uh, Audra's talking about better than I do. Um, did um what route or routes did you play, and is it a game you would think about replaying? Uh, it's a thing. I played it, but I also fell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure if Three Houses was like, uh. The first Fire Emblem I should have tried. It made a really big splash. So I think it was the first Fire Emblem for a new generation of fans, or at least for a lot of fans. It's the, I don't know, you could compare that to a Dragon Quest Eleven, maybe, or Persona yeah. 5, maybe, where it it, it, uh, it was big and cool and popular and brought in a lot of new fans. 
but, but it, I guess it doesn't gel with everybody. I mean, I've I've heard so many conflicting reports about three houses. People that have played every route and love them. People that uh, were weirded out by specific parts of it. That I'm I'm really not sure what to think. I I think I do need to play it for myself to form my own opinion. Um, maybe with the Blue Lions route first. I'm not I'm not really sure, but uh, but but at least Audra and Brian can. Uh, uh, attest that this is a replayable game that uh, once it gets going seems pretty good yes well uh tin I, I i would love to stop talking about strategy rpgs for <laughs> at, for at least five minutes and um uh, ne- and, and the games that you have on our list here are not strategy rpgs much at all so um uh, pick one of them and tell us about a game that you have uh, loved replaying over the years uh I'll probably pick the first one which is uh Dark Cloud 2. That, uh, for our uh, overseas listeners, that might be called Dark Chronicle. Chronicle, yeah, yeah. Uh, I play this, like, this is, like, my most played um, RPG game ever. Like, I played it during elementary. I played it during high school. I played it during college. So it's, like, it's every part of my lifetime. <laughs> and I played it during the time I turned into, like, a professional already. So, yeah, like... Maybe I should revisit the game again, like, uh, soon, because I haven't played this again in, like, probably four years from now, or, like, three years, I think. Uh, yeah, um, for those, like, who's not familiar, um, Dark Cloud 2 or Dark Chronicle is, like, the sequel. Well, not really entirely connected to the part one of Dark Cloud. Uh, it was, like, it it shared almost all the same um, gameplay elements like um, rebuilding and crafting, and like the same grindy um, of clearing dungeon floors and all that. But uh, but it, it's not a story sequel. You you don't need to play the first yeah, one yeah. to play the second you, one. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Right. Like it's just uh, the the characters for both games are not yeah entirely connected at all. So yeah. Um, yeah, um, I I don't know. Like this game, like even up up until now, I couldn't find a game that that has all the elements that this game has. Like it's a mix of almost every um, I'd say like RPG game that has a farm sim and also like life sim, but then at the same time it is it's also really grindy. So it's like it you have to invest a lot of hours in playing this game now i i i i should mention i have played dark cloud 2 i i fell off it after a while because it was a pretty intense grind but i there are there are also some people that uh listeners might be familiar with uh marcos gaspar steph sabidlo and alana hags have all attested to the greatness of dark cloud 2 on this podcast so that's at least three familiar uh faces listeners that you might know who uh, all love this game. Um, uh, Dark Cloud 2 has two main characters, one of whom uh, has wrenches and a giant robot and one that has uh, swords and can summon monsters and use magic. Uh, you, you go through dungeons, collect materials, and then use those materials and uh, like monster items at all uh, to completely rebuild uh, mm-hmm. multiple multiple towns. There's, there's definitely more than two towns, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to remember because I, I, I seem to remember I got to like the third town and then it became overwhelming for me. But there's, it's a, a, a combination of like action combat, uh, dungeon exploration with mm-hmm. semi rant with semi random dungeons and a huge amount of crafting and freedom in building out your town 
Like, like it's, it's not just, you know, increasing meters so that a town automatically upgrades. You place every, almost every single building and item in the town as you build it. That, uh, that makes you really feel like a dungeoneer and an architect uh, yeah, as you're, yeah. as, as you're playing this game. And it, um, it goes fantastically deep with this. And this is also when level five was on a pretty killer run because this was around the same time that they, uh, did the co-development on Dragon Quest VIII and mm-hmm. also developed a uh, Rogue Galaxy. The, all, all, all three of those, Dark Cloud 2, Rogue Galaxy, Dragon Quest VIII, are all PS2 games. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and it was sort of before they were making just a zillion Inazuma 11 and uh, Yokai Watch games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, like, this is a, like, I, the action is a little slow and floaty. But other than that, this game gives you a huge amount of freedom and a huge amount of replayability just in how the dungeon can uh, be different every time and how you can design those, uh, those cities every time. So I, I, again, this is not a game that I have replayed over and over, but there are so many people that adore this game and I definitely can see the replayability here. I, I 100% understand Tim. Yeah. Like I, it's like, it was designed to be replayed over and over again, because like even like the dungeons, like going inside them is like pretty random and like, also, uh, when it comes to like getting, like if you're also like an, an like a someone who also likes to do almost every side quest, like me, like um, this game has a lot of side quests. Like it's not just focusing on the story itself, like the main story. I think I enjoy this a lot because of the side quests. Like there's a lot of things to do. Like you can also do fishing, and there's also like a mini golf thing, which is called. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, yeah, is, yeah. Is it is it Sfida or Sfida? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. I definitely <laughs> remember Steph telling me a, a a lot about Sfida in a previous conversation. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. Like I I at, uh, until now I couldn't find a game that like offers all of these things. You know, like in one RPG. And it's too—it's really too bad that Level Five hasn't like continued on uh, with this series. Like, I—I I, I think nowadays it would really do well if they do something similar to this again. I mean, the closest thing I can think of is maybe a farming sim game that has uh, that has a lot of uh, that that has a lot of action in, it. like like maybe a fantasy life. Or a rune or a rune factory five, but even then they don't really have this. They don't feel the same as Dark Cloud. Yeah, be, be, exactly. Because yeah, uh, like Dark Cloud two just goes very very deep with the seven or eight different kinds of gameplay that they have, mm-hmm. and it's different. And and even a game that has a zillion kinds of gameplay in it, like a Final Fantasy fourteen or a uh, or one of the Yakuza games, they don't have. They don't let you build an entire town from scratch. Yeah. Uh, so it's a uh, yeah, I, I I didn't play Dark Cloud two all the way through to the end, but it was almost because I I felt overwhelmed. Like I I don't play a lot of farming or building games because it it I, I almost need more direction. <laughs> like I like I I'm I'm not an architect. Please, I'm a I I am someone that just likes to gain levels and open treasure chests. But uh, oh, uh, but uh, do you have a favorite character between the the um, wrench boy or sword girl whose names I do not remember? I'm sorry. Uh, they're Max and Monica. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I I do prefer using Max actually. Nice. Because he had he had this like apart from the wrench, he had his offhand was the a uh, gun and yeah, 
It, it, like, yeah, I, she, yeah, she, had, she had swords and magic and he had a wrench yeah, and a gun. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that, yeah. He was a lot easier to use for me as well. <laughs> uh, Audra or Brian, have you played Dark Cloud 2? Or may, do you also miss the uh, Level 5's PS2 days? I have not yet, but I kind of want to after hearing about it. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah, this one is actually currently installed on my PlayStation, but I haven't gotten around to playing it yet. I never had a PlayStation growing up, so there's a lot of old PS2 RPGs that I need to go back and play. Oh, yeah, geez. I mean, you want to talk about a system that's rich with RPGs, PS1 and PS2. Yeah, there there was a lot to enjoy back then. Um, And and, uh, you said you had it on your PlayStation. Is Dark Cloud 2 available for download on PS3 or PS4 or both? I forget if I have it downloaded or if it's one of the the streaming titles on okay. PlayStation, but it is available on PS5. Okay, so there there is there is a way to play it either via download or, or streaming. Got it. Okay, so th- th- that's good that it's at least a little bit accessible to modern audiences because I'm I'm I mean it's I am more of a Dragon Quest VIII guy when it comes to level five's PS2 oeuvre, but Dark Cloud Two is unique and special, and I totally understand why people could replay it. Mm-hmm. it, it I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't even, I mean, Svita is the sort of golf game, but you can also can sort of play Svita anywhere in a dungeon or a town. So it's like always random or you, you can build your own Svita golf course. It's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, am, am I remembering that correctly, Tin? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the thing is like, apart from that, you also get like rewards, like after clearing the dungeons and, and you finish also the Svita. So like, you know, it's always rewarding. <laughs> And you know, like the rewards you get are like um, pretty cool because like they're like um, f- for upgrading equipments or like trying out new um, accessories or whatsoever. So the game has a lot of con- uh, content. That's why I think it's a uh, it's it's a type of game that you would want to keep replaying to just to get the most out of it because there are also a lot of like missable stuff. So. Ah. Yeah. All so right. like one one playthrough I I think you 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 don't have to like t- uh target to play it in 100%. Like I think you'd have to go through multiple playthroughs just to get that. Uh, to see everything. Yeah, pretty well, much. I I I don't know if I would go through with a 100% playthrough because I very yeah. rarely do those nowadays. Yeah. But this does make four games now that I'm thinking about replaying or at least reattempting. Uh, 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 and this episode's not even halfway done. Um, I'll, I'll I'll go into my first game now, uh, and this is a game that I know Audra has played, but I'm not certain about uh, Tin or Brian. Um, Dragon Age Origins was oh, yes. uh, not my first Bioware game that I played, but it was the first one that really captured me and that I wanted to replay over and over. I played my PS3 copy of that something like, oh, I don't know, like like six times in four years because uh, and, and then revisited it once a, a, a few years later after I beat Dragon Age Inquisition, which is which is the third Dragon Age game. Dragon Age Origins is the first one. Uh, and, and it's because... This game has so much uh, interest. It, there's so many ways it can go and so many ways it can begin that it feels, even when you repeat parts of it, it feels rewarding and different every time. Um, it, this is the first game in the Dragon Age series. It is uh, uh, Bioware was not allowed to make um, D&D-based games anymore, like, uh, like their Baldur's Gate games from the early 2000s. So they spent the 2000s building their own world 
a fantasy world similar to D&D where you could start out as a warrior thief or uh, warrior rogue or mage and go through a world populated by humans, elves and dwarves in their own version of a fantasy story. And it's it's really, really compelling. Um, in Dragon Age Origins, you can there are six different origin points where you uh, you choose your race and your background and uh, and each story is completely different and gives you a story a story of revenge or redemption or exile that that sort of follows you all the way to the end of the game if you you can meet people that were in your starting area and uh, and they'll they'll remember the events of your beginning um uh, and 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 uh, you like oh boy there's there's so and there's so many ways this can go but basically there's a uh, a threat that you know is coming to at- attack the world from the underground, but uh, the rest most of the world doesn't believe you. So you have to use some ancient contracts to to rally the different races and kingdoms together to fight the to fight the oncoming horde of darkspawn. But the ways it can go are so wild. Uh, I, I'm trying not to. Spo- uh, I'll, I'll spoil one early part of the game. Okay, uh, let's say you play you play the beginning of the game. And and uh, you decide, you know what? I'm going to talk to the elves first and try to recruit the elves to my cause. And you find this elf village that's being attacked by werewolves all the time. So you go into the forest, track down the werewolves, and meet the werewolf queen, and realize that they, all the werewolves are former elves that have been cursed. And you can and uh, and the um, the leader of the elf village has been, is is the person that's sort of propagating the curse. So you can choose to uh, try to. Um, to to go against the elf village and recruit the werewolves instead of the elves, or you can decide to slaughter all the werewolves and uh, and and have the elves fight on your side, or you can try to broker peace between the two sides if you have a lot of points into persuasion, and so so the werewolf queen will step down and you'll have to kill some werewolves but not all of them, and you'll be able to save most of the elven village. It's like like there are five or six or more decision points like that that shape. The final conflict and and even um and and the decisions you make in Dragon Age Origins will sometimes carry through like three or four games down the line and uh, and people that you save or uh, places that you let you let die you'll be reminded of them in Dragon Age Inquisition which again came out something like six years after this game mm-hmm. so uh, so I've replayed this so many times my my favorite of the six starting origins my favorite is Dwarf Noble um where uh, you're uh, you're you're ac- you're accidentally framed for killing your you're, you're one of the three dwarven uh, uh, children of the king, and you're framed for killing your oldest brother by your youngest by your younger brother, and and are and are exiled. And when you can come back and and help your and and have at your younger brother will beg forgiveness so you can help him to the throne, or you can side with your father's best friend to oust your younger brother that betrayed you, but your younger brother has progressive ideas for the, for the dwarven nation. Um, and your, uh, your father's best friend is more conservative and will probably set the dwarven race back if you side with him. So it's, it's, there are so many interesting wrinkles and so many interesting versions of elves and dwarves and, and like fantasy conflicts and dragon age origins. I, I love this game. I wish there was a good modern way to play it. Uh, because I don't think I don't even think the website that lets you import stuff from Dragon Age Origins to Dragon Age Two I don't even think it works properly anymore. Oh yeah, the Keep or something. Yeah, yeah, the Dragon Age Keep. And uh, so, what really Dragon Age needs a legendary edition similar to what Mass Effect got a couple years ago that has the entire trilogy ready for modern systems. 
because I, I, I just kind of want to, I always kind of want to replay Dragon Age Origins again. Um, uh, now, Audra, I know you've played this. Do you have a favorite origin story or a favorite class to play? City Elf. Oh. That was my favorite. I love the difference if you choose to be a female one, like how that even alters the what happens to the bridal party. And like yeah, your I, I mean, perspective you, you, I, of it. I mean, most of your friends get horribly murdered in the city elf origin. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. But it's on like your wedding on your wedding day. Yep. I, I have played the city elf origin. I, I think I made my uh, my my elf girl a um, a vengeful double dagger assassin. And I mean, it's just so great. I love how much like the origins and stuff come back in the throughout the game. It's just really impressive the level of detail for that. Oh man, uh, Brian or Tin, have you played any uh, much Dragon Age and or maybe you're hoping for a legendary edition as I am? I haven't actually. This is like one of the games that I I would just often see my brother playing. Hey, your brother has good taste. Yeah. <laughs> uh thing is where is this most accessible right now? Well, it, it was on 360 PS3 and uh and PC. Um, the the best way to do to do it is probably going through EA's um, system origin or mm -hmm. uh, uh, or you could try Steam, but I don't think Steam allows you to, to transfer a save all the way through to Inquisition because EA stopped uh, selling a lot of their games on Steam. Maybe that's changed by now. I'm not certain. But mm -hmm. I, I, I would go through EA origin first on PC is probably the best way uh, is probably the best way to play a, a Dragon Age game nowadays. I see. Um, is is it? Is I hope it's still around. Is is EA still around? Yeah, it is. Okay, <laughs> yeah. good, good. It it, it it it's possible that <laughs> they had all died out by now. I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I I still play my terribly running copy of Dragon Age Origins on on PS3, and and again, but I'm hoping for a future version like Legendary Edition. Uh, Brian, have you tried uh, much Dragon Age in the past? There's another one that's sitting in my Steam library. Uh, I've played a couple hours of it, but. Uh, it's one of those ones I keep meaning to get around to, but I haven't yet. Well, if you're crazy about voice actors, if you pick the human noble origin, the guy that you want revenge against is voiced by Tim Curry. So that's a that, Ooh, that, that's that's, fun. that's a pretty big win if you get if you get Tim Curry on your voice cast. Absolute legend. But all right, uh, I'm done talking about legendary editions and legends in general. Um, I want to talk about four games in a row that are all from the world of Square Enix. Because each of us picked one Square Enix game for this episode, and we're just going to blaze through them in a row here. Uh, so starting with you, Brian, uh, what was the square, uh, square option you brought to the table today? Final Fantasy III. Uh, not my favorite Final Fantasy, but definitely the one I replay the most. And is this three as in uh, the three Onion Kids of the four Onion Kids? Yes. Yeah. Three as in three <laughs> with the Onion Kids. Uh, so not the DS one. No, um, that is the DS one. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, the the uh, um, in, in the original NES, Final Fantasy III's main characters were faceless onion kids, but then uh, in the remakes for PSP and DS, uh, which eventually got over to Steam, they were given real names. I think I think it's Luneth, Ark, Ignis, and Refia. Yeah, that's them. Yep. So yeah, they gave them characters and and more story uh, more story play in the recent remakes, but. Uh, Brian, have you basically played this game every time it's been remade? <laughs> yeah, so I played the DS version the first time. Um, and this was one of the first Final Fantasies, because like I said, I didn't have a PlayStation growing up. So this is one of the first ones that I got to kind of experience at the same time 
as most people around me. Um, so that was fun for me. Um, not that there's like a ton of story to Final Fantasy three to be like discussing with other people, but this is where I kind of like fell in love with job systems in RPGs. I loved the little outfits and how many job options there were, uh, especially some of the weirder ones. Like I used to love the little Geomancer outfit where they get <gasps> yes. their little like uh, fur coats. <laughs> Geomancer's best. Yeah, it's, it's they have fur coats in three and like pajamas and nightcaps in five. And then they look like sort of, I don't know, like like like, like woods druids or something and, and burlap sacks and FF tactics. They, they, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy cannot decide what geomancers should look like. But they all use bells. They do use bells, which is another they use, fun In three thing and five, them. they definitely use bells, yes. Uh, and then they did the, the pixel remaster, uh, which I also played and is now my preferred way to play Final Fantasy three. Although every so often I will go play a translated version of the original game uh, because uh, there are a lot of mods for that. So if you want to do like a randomized run of Final Fantasy III, you need to use the original game. So I have played all of the versions of it, uh, but the Pixel Remaster is the one I play most often. Uh, Well, I guess probably not all time. I think it will be the one I play most often. Uh, in the future now th- this will probably not surprise you but like final fantasy was the series that got me in love with rpgs uh probably 28 29 years ago in the in the mid 90s and uh, so in the late 90s or maybe right around 2000 i did try to emulate the nes version of final fantasy 3 and i got i didn't get terribly far but i i, I got far enough to know that i uh, wanted that i preferred a dragon quest 4 to final fantasy 3 <laughs> But when it came out on DS and PSP, uh, I'm pretty sure the DS version was first. That is how I finally finished it. And um, that version's really good. Like, they, they give you a little bit more personality. And the writing's a bit clearer. And the job system's a little bit uh, easier to deal with. But it's really, really fun. I, I, I love building up, like, double sword knights and ninjas and dark knights. Like, dark knights in Final Fantasy III are really interesting and fun. It's... it's um, you you can tell how like they did an an improved version of those for Cecil and F and FF four, uh, but it, it's a and and also like the, oh, they had the double summoner system with like evokers and the, and then proper summoners. Yeah, I I just love the job system. I yeah. like and I think the reason I play it more than Final Fantasy five, which I, I think for most people probably has the better job system. Uh, I like that Final Fantasy threes is so simple though. Like with Final Fantasy V, I feel like I really need to use my brain a lot. Like I'm like, I need to think about, okay, what abilities do I want from which jobs so I can mix and match them? Uh, whereas three is uh, is a lot simpler, <laughs> which I like. I like that it's just like, okay, I want to throw shurikens, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this guy a ninja. And I don't really have to think about it much more than that. So you can have these varied playthroughs. Um, but it's a little more simplified and I don't feel like I need to like open up an Excel sheet. I, I definitely have played Final Fantasy V more than Final Fantasy III, but I also have literally a hundred Excel sheets from different RPGs I've played over the decades. So maybe, maybe that maybe the like the, the getting a little bit more thinky into my uh into how I character build is it fits me a little better. Um uh, but I should say I think I think Final Fantasy III has the first taunt mechanic in any in any video game because the, the, the Viking job, which they really should bring back, bring, bring back final fantasy three Vikings square Enix. 
like is allowed to draw enemy attacks to it and with a with a defend stat. And I think that's the first time it's ever happened in an RPG. At least a video game, right? I can't think of anything, but I've never thought about this, but but yeah, I can't think of them any that do it before that. Yeah, FF3 is 89 or 90, and I can't think of anything else that does that. I I maybe I I I should do some more research on this, but yeah, whatever. Um, FF3 is good. Uh, bring back Vikings. That's all I have to say. Uh, <laughs> Audra or Ten, have you played uh, Final Fantasy III, the OG? I haven't actually. Uh, maybe I, this is a chance uh, that that it's coming out right on newer systems in Switch and PS4 with a Pixel Remaster soon. Yeah, we don't know when. It's it, I think they said spring. But, yeah, um, just the, spring. The, those pixel remasters are on steam right now on pc and will be coming to i should just grab it on steam <laughs> i i i uh didn't get the, the pixel remasters on steam because i was sure they were going to come to consoles later because there was too much money to be made and i am am lucky to i was lucky to discover i was exactly right and uh and i will probably get all six of those on switch sometime this year uh, but i i'm not exactly sure maybe maybe they'll be discounted a little if you buy all six but uh, that might be the next time I replay three. In fact, is when they're um, all on a console. I played the. Um, it was actually the first DS game I played was Final Fantasy three. Oh, that one, that version, and I really liked it. It was fun, very cute and charming, and just yeah, I love playing around with the job system and stuff. It's a fun job system. I agree. And, but Audra, there's another game that has a pretty good job system within the Final Fantasy universe. And yes. this and and uh, uh, <laughs> Brian said that Final Fantasy three was the game that got him interested in job systems. This was the game that got me ravenous about job systems when I first played it in 1999 or 2000. So, Audra, please tell us about the second game that you're bringing to the episode tonight. Yes, my game is. Well, my second game is Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, boy. Which Funny fact, I did enjoy it when I first played it, but then I got to the ending and it wanted to throw it into against a wall for the first time that I played it, which was always amusing. But then I decided to um, try the War of the Lions PSP port a few years later, and I just I fell in love with everything about it after that. So I just it's one of those games that every couple of years I just want to play it again. The original version has a sort of clumsy translation that uh, yes. that is that, that is sometimes nonsense and sometimes has absolute uh, stone cold lines like "Don't blame me, blame yourself or God." That I I still quote to my friends uh, to this day. That like <laughs> the, uh, my few friends that have the shared experience of playing this around the same time. But I, I'm similar ish to you. I, I played it in 2000, uh, I think, and really really liked it. Um, it was the a gateway drug for me getting into more strategy RPGs. Like I, I played Fire Emblem a couple of years later on the GBA because it looked like Final Fantasy Tactics. I got deep into the Disgaea games in the 2000s, which I wouldn't have been interested in without Final Fantasy Tactics. I've, I've played a bunch of RPGs with grids and squares and classes and uh, and exploitative um, uh gameplay like ff tactics but but it, it was my gateway drug into this kind of game even though i definitely know it's not it's not the first um rpg of its kind it was actually mine too yeah but but and and um i i didn't really replay it on the ps1 i i just played one file on it for ages on the ps1 but then when the psp version came out mm -hmm. i played it for like hundreds of hours again yes uh and 
Oh boy, the the w- different ways you can build your characters in this game. My favorite thing to do is to give a black mage um uh, uh samurai swords so it can use those powerful draw out moves uh without with a high magic stat or uh giving uh giving a ninja um knight skills so they can like break uh, break enemies attack or speed um twice in one turn. <laughs> yeah, I actually I remember I had fun um cloud I actually made a time mage. <laughs> And just it ended up being really potent. Yeah, because because Cloud's moves all have a long charge time, and the Time mm-hmm. Mage can probably half that. And yeah. then and and uh, and Cloud's moves also they're, they're not like a physical attacks; they're like weird, charged up magic attacks and and status effects. He's Cloud's weird in FF Tactics, but he but he, but he's fun. Yeah, I just I enjoyed that game so much, and I love like how they have the sub job, the secondary classes that you can get, and the. I just, it was the first time I really played around with the job system. So I was, I just had fun experimenting with it and, uh. and then the word of lion, the war of the lions version has a new translation. That's like really Shakespearean and poetic and a, yes. a, a, a couple more, um, job system stuff and, and some limited multiplayer that lets you get rare, rare items. If you, uh, if, if you play with a friend, which mm-hmm. me and, which me and one particular friend really farmed the hell out of. And it even has some extra scenes and stuff, like the yeah. Reyes and Beowulf stuff, which I really like. Yeah, and, and they turned some of the in-game scenes into animated cutscenes that are really beautiful. The The art mm-hmm. style on the remake is really distinctive. They, they really need to bring that remake to more stuff, especially now that um the, the Tactics Ogre remake did pretty well last year. Well, when, when's, when's FF Tactics getting its turn? I know. It should. I'd replay it again. Uh, Tin or Brian, have you played much Final Fantasy Tactics? Because... I mean, it's it's probably one of my top five RPGs of all time. I strongly recommend it if you haven't. Uh, shockingly, I haven't, uh, which is very strange to me every time I remember that I haven't because I love Final Fantasy and I love tactics games. So I need to get around to it, but I haven't yet. It's very good. Yeah, same here. Uh, my brothers and I have this thing that if we're playing this game, this game is mine, you know, like. <laughs> like back then my eldest brother was playing this and um wh- whenever we take turns playing games like we'd watch each other play that game so it's like we're also getting spoiled already so <laughs> yeah so that's how we handled it so uh, that's pretty much why i haven't played this so maybe it's time for me to uh get into this because everyone's raving how good it was oh it's it, it's excellent uh Oh boy, where, where, <laughs> where, really where, where do I begin? Like, like uh, my favorite Final Fantasy game is probably a giant three-way tie between six tactics and fourteen. I see. And um, I, I, I think the story holds up. The character dy- uh, dy- dynamic between Ramza and Delita is really special. The way you can play around with the job system is absolutely bonkers. There, there's a there's a uh, a class called Calculator in the original version and i think i think it was renamed oh shoot it was was it was renamed like 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 mathematician i think in the uh in the war of the lions remake it lets you program equations so that like every enemy every character on the board that's a level with a multiple of three gets wholly cast on them or you could do that like every enemy that's at a height that's a multiple that's a prime number gets uh gets flare cast on them with like with like instant uh instant damage no healing it's there are so many ways to break the game and twist the game around and so many exciting npcs like cloud from final fantasy 7 um 
a, a, a knight that's in love with a dragon named, uh, a knight named Beowulf in love with a dragon named Reyes that, uh, yeah. that, uh, that Audra mentioned earlier, or land Sid or Landu, which is maybe the best Sid in final fantasy hi- history. Thunder God Sid. Yeah. Thunder God <laughs> Sid is, he is an absolutely kick-ass Sid. Um, and, oh, and they even added our little ro- romance scenes in war of the lions between Agrius and Mustadio who are just, like act one or act one and two characters in the original final fantasy Mm -hmm. tactics. But in the remake, they, they give you act three and four scenes that show that they fall in love with each other. That's just adorable. Um, yeah. Final fantasy tactics is so special. I really, really hope it gets a modern remake kind of like these, all these saga remakes or, uh, tactics ogre rebirth because it absolutely deserves one. Um, maybe, maybe it's coming and it will be just uh, another retro encounter prediction for, uh 2023 we'll see i would love it if it happened um isn't this like um like one of those on the list during that when that nvidia leak came out i i think it was but there was also like a final fantasy 9 remake on the list yeah i remember them both of them but yeah it's just the two of them missing now <laughs> we uh I mean, I, I don't know if we should be reporting on those because that the, those uh, it, that really wasn't official news. But mm-hmm. I I would not be surprised if um, yeah, this if, it is, happens. If, if it's happening because I mean Square knows or Square Enix knows that this is a beloved game and it would probably really sell well uh, some form of remake. So uh, hopefully that happens soon and uh, that'll give Tin and Brian the perfect chance to play it when that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's enough about Final Fantasy Tactics. Even though I could talk about FF Tactics forever i we you know retro encounter did three final fantasy tactics episodes in 2015 but i wasn't on them because i was worried i would talk too much on them so i i I deliberately sat out the final fantasy tactics episodes uh eight years ago maybe maybe i should do new ones just so i can pop off for uh 70 minutes in in 2023 but um but tin uh you have a square enix game on your list that is uh that came out 20 years after final fantasy tactics did yeah, the game is um, not so far off yet. Like it's still for me. I think this is still a a bit recent. Uh, it's I, near. Yeah, near Automata, a game that mm-hmm. I played for the first time on this podcast uh, a couple of years ago, and um, I do not have the history with this game like I do Final Fantasy Tactics, but it is really special. So, uh, Tin, please tell us about Near Automata. Uh, yeah, I think Nier Automata is also designed to be played. Like, I, I'm, I might be ch- cheating a little bit in here since this game is played, like, designed to be played with multiple playthroughs, you know, just to get almost, like, just to digest, like, the entire story of it. So Well, okay, sort of. It's Yeah, yeah, sort of. Uh, th- there's... There's there's five endings A B C D E yeah, yeah. and and then twenty one the other endings F like through silly. Z yeah but and they're all silly endings <laughs> but but like to, to get the whole story or most of the story you have to do those five runs but 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 each each playthrough is different from the last one when I first also played this actually like when it first came out on twenty seventeen I had zero clue what I would you know what what's ahead of me. And only thing I knew that it was just more of like an action RPG, like with all the hack and slash thing. But I had no idea that this game would blow my mind after. Um, I, I, I'm i pretty sure like even those people who are listening would 
definitely relate to me. Like, um, the first time like I played this, um, it was also during the time like I had a lot of free time to play to play games. So it was a perfect timing for me. So um, even and nowadays, I still can't put it into words like exactly how I felt playing this game. So it's kind of difficult for me right now. But um, this game is also available now in 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 switch right so like the yoha edition recently Mm -hmm. came out as well and i don't know um i play this uh during 2017 and i also play this um 2019 and both uh both times that i played this like I, i they were just like um like i i had to keep on repeating even during those times the mm. first time i played it i tr- i tried playing it on uh the hardest difficulty and i regret it because it was so so uh, it ate up so much of my time and i just <laughs> settled back into a, a lower uh difficulty which was hard because very hard mode was too crazy for me so uh I, I I must say as well, like playing this game, uh the first mission of the game is the lengthiest and the for me it was the most difficult mission for me. Like uh, after clearing the first mi- mission, it was kind of like a breeze already going through until until getting all the other endings. Wait, do, and... do you mean do you mean the, do you mean the first playthrough or the or yeah. the or the very very first mission with the, the very shooting very second? first mission? Okay. <laughs> Because that one has a long, um, what do you call this? Long checkpoint. Like, once you die at this part, you just repeat from the very, very beginning. And, and there's also there's also a shooting segment that you're not really prepared for. And yeah. uh, if, if you haven't already played the game, it, 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 it does throw you into the fire immediately. Yeah, that one. And, like, um, I just kept dying there uh, during the beginning. And uh, it's kind of unfair that the checkpoint is really, really far off uh before before actually making a progress so yeah i, I don't really want to spoil much as well <laughs> like I, I want everyone to experience this like fresh and like also like th- they had zero clue also upon entering in yeah i i, I don't want to spoil this for other people as well especially since i mean the game is 2017 it's not that old i uh yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I double checked our uh our episodes on it uh, I played this game in early 2020, so it was probably the last game I played for the podcast before the pandemic struck in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I played it for the first time. I was really blown away by it. The The action is intense and fun. There's a lot of weapons to upgrade and a lot of styles you can play as. There's uh, uh, It depends on what playthrough you're on and what characters you're using. But the there's action that's either like really intense two weapon action that switches between like shooting segments when you're on a on your sort of like where you're sort of flying like a fighter jet, and mm-hmm. sections where you hack into into enemy robots, and and like take control of them or destroy them from within by playing mini games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can it, it, it and uh, and the storyline goes really unexpected emotional places that are about. Like what it, 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 does a robot that start to feel feelings mean it has a soul? Uh, like is, is a is an android that wants to be human and, and cares so much about humanity? Are they human themselves? There's a lot of different science fiction questions that this game asks 
that are really that are really beautiful and brilliant. And then there's a, a choice that they make you do at the end of the game after the E final ending. Um, uh, and and Tin, I, uh, without saying what it is, I, I I've only played this game once, but I did it. Yeah, I did it as well. You did it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, uh, Audrey, do you know where we're coming from here? I vaguely know. Of, okay, okay, but, but Brian, gonna... do, do you have any idea what Tin and I are talking about? Yeah, I do. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> All right, we're not going to say what it is, but let Yoko Taro, that beautiful bastard, he knows he knows how to he know he'll play with your emotions in his game designs, and Near Automata might be the best game he's ever made. Um, and there's also DLC where you can fight Yoko Taro and the president yeah. of Square Enix from the t- yeah. um, it, from 2017. <laughs> Because this game can get really, really bonkers. I wonder, like, how did they pitch that? <laughs> Yoko Taro's probably like, hey, I'm going to put myself in the game. Do you want to be in it too? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I'm going to put you in this game whether you like it or not. But uh, here's some forms so you can't sue me about it. Like, <laughs> that, that, that guy is a madman. Um, he, he wrote an article once about how he would design a Monster Hunter game where like you, where you like the more monsters you kill, the more people in your village die. It was completely it was it was completely dark. I I, I loved it. Oh, that guy's crazy. But uh, I don't know if I would go back to this game that that playthrough was so special. I, I would maybe replay it and try to do everything that I missed in the first time because there, there was mm-hmm. a couple side quests that I missed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and that would maybe have me thinking about doing it again. But. I don't know because I, I really felt like I put I put a, a hard ending on that game when I finished it. It's very amusing to me. Every I, I get so excited like hearing a friend or someone say that, Hey, I finished near and I would always wanna check up on them. How are you feeling? <laughs> I I think I needed a hug after I finished near replicant last year. Or, yeah, or same uh, uh, yeah, yeah, a year and a half ago, right when that one came out. Because that that game might like it's connected to Near Automata in some really interesting ways, but yeah. that one might even be sadder. Yeah, it, it was. Oh, jeez. It was so, yeah, more if you, tragic. If you, want, <laughs> if you want to play a great action RPG and also have a good cry in the same sitting, then Yoko Taro's got your back. I can't. I can't wait. What what he has in stores soon? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he he did uh, a whole section of quests in Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, in 2019 and 2020 with yeah, the yeah. Uh, uh with, with those raids that were really really crazy but I, I'm, I'm sure he's working on something i'm fascinated to hear about what it is if, if he ends up designing dragon quest 13 then i'm gonna retire from rpg <laughs> fan and and podcasting and only play dragon quest 13 for the rest of my life um but you know uh i i, I thought about bringing a dragon quest game for this episode but i ultimately didn't um this is a game that I discovered uh, in my emulation days around in the early 2000s, uh, similar to how I first played Final Fantasy three and 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 even Fire Emblem six, which is a game we we mentioned, but didn't really talk about today. Uh, maybe the Square Enix game I've beaten the most times, even though it's not super long. So pro- I probably put more time into other games, but uh, Seiken Densetsu three which is also called Trials of Mana. The Secret of Mana is Sikrin Densetsu 2, so it's, in, it's in all in that same series. I have played this game so many times, trying out different combinations and, uh, and seeing how the, diff- the different ways the story can play out that um, I actually, w- when I was sitting with RPG fan people at, the, uh, at E3, at our hotel room outside of E3 2019, I actually just started laughing and crying at the same time 
when they announced the big remake uh, in, in, in summer of 2019. I was so happy because this is a game that um, I have been telling every one of my friends that loves RPGs since I first played it in 2001 or 2002 that this game is better than Secret of Mana. It's uh, the, it's one of Square Square's best games from that time, but it never came out in the United States. It has uh, six characters and three endings, and uh, and what is it, what is twenty four different classes at the end. It, it, I, I adore this game. Uh, but before I go too much deeply into it, uh, Audra Tin or Brian, have you played Trials of Mana? I have not yet. I um I played the original when I was a lot younger. Um, and then I haven't finished it yet, but I, I've been working my way through the remake. Okay. All right. And, and Tin, have you, have you tried Trials of Mana? Oh, I haven't, but this, uh, I just bought the PS4 version like three months ago and, it, oh, good. and it's waiting to be played. The, the PS4 version, um, well, it's also on Switch and other stuff, but the, the, uh, the, the 2020 remake of Trials of Mana is, is, is very, very good. It, uh, it, it. It, it recreates the story and classes and characters in a way that I was very delighted by. It, I mean, the action feels different. So I think that the original Super Famicom version and the remake are both good. They're both worth trying. Um, but the, but uh, and and uh, when the remake came out in 2020, I immediately beat it three times in a row. That, 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 that's just my relationship with this game. <laughs> um, it, it, it's not super long. If you know what you're doing, it's it's uh, it's around 15 hours. If it's your first time, it'll take a little bit longer. But the re- the remake has New Game Plus stuff, so you can replay it with a couple of your party members way, way over-leveled. And, uh, and so so it'll be much, much faster after your first time. But uh, the game has six main characters. They're the six ones right on the cover. But at the beginning, you only choose three. And those three are your party for the whole game. The other three that you don't choose, you'll meet in the story, but they never join your party. So uh, based on which three characters you pick, uh, you'll have a different team composition, and uh, and the character that you pick first is becomes the main character, and and your and uh, depending on who your main character is, the final boss and final couple dungeons will be different. So there are like three different final bosses and final dungeons, and uh, and every character has four classes they can change into. So like like again, there's 24 total classes, and you only get to pick three in one playthrough. So there's uh, just dozens and dozens of combinations. The first time I played the game, I wanted to. I, I wanted the. I thought the wolf boy looked cool, and the uh, and the spear girl looked cool, and the uh, and the magic girl, the mage girl looked cool. But I. But my team ended up being kind of bad. I had like a. I. I. I went like with the the healer version of the of of Kevin, and um, not a great final class for Angela. But uh, so even though it was, a, I, I didn't pick an, a very optimized class. The very classes the first time I played, I still had fun. And when I retried it and and started researching the class system and the different ways they could fit together, it got easier every time, and I felt more powerful every time. And it's and it's it's always fun because this is a a fun active class uh, a, a combat system that has a lot of combos and spells and different moves. Uh, and and the the six main characters, I love them so much. Like like uh, Kevin the werewolf, his attack power doubles in, at night when he turns into a wolf. And if you have him do uh, do the monk classes, then he'll he'll have less offense, but he'll have healing spells. And if you do the berserk classes, he'll have uh, he'll have better martial arts, but no spells at all for un- until the very end of the game. And like and uh, and that and that's just one character out of six. Like uh, oh boy, how, what's another one I could do? Um, uh, Charlotte 
the 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 priestess if you have her uh learn priestess spells she learns a bunch of like healing and boosting spells uh and maybe one light spell for offense but her on on her enchantress uh tree she learns um she summons ghosts to attack she can curse enemies and lower their stats but she and she still has some healing magic but it's not as good as on the on the priestess uh side of her class tree so oh and the, and the remake also adds two final classes for every character so it's it, there's even more class diversity but anyway i've replayed this game over and over trying different combinations playing the different final bosses um picking my favorite teams just seeing the the, the characters in different costumes because they're in in the super famicom version their sprites would change color when you when you change classes but they have totally new costumes and looks in the in the remake in the remake version <clears throat> when you change classes I just love them all so much, and I have played this game uh, uh, probably around, I don't know, or maybe ar- uh, around 15 to 20 times on the Super Famicom version. Damn. Um, over, the, <laughs> wow. over, the la- over the last 20 years, though. And uh, mm-hmm. and then and then three times in the remake. Yeah, it's definitely the most played RPG game I've ever heard from someone. But it, it doesn't take that long. I'll just, like, play it for a week. And then ah, and, and and uh, and and finish it. And for yeah. when it was when it was brand new, I did that like twice a year for for uh, for several years when I first played it. And but then it, but then in the 2010s, since I'll play it maybe once every couple of years because mm-hmm. again, I, I discovered this when I was probably around 15 or 16 in the uh, years old in the early 2000s, and then just played it a ton. I was on the GameFAQs forums talking about this game. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I helped write a forum guide about about the classes in this game. It's if you have any questions, uh, when when you decide to play this later, I I, I have your answers because I know this one inside and out. It's one of my favorite games of all time, uh, Trials of Mana, originally known as Seiken Nintetsu Three. So I've talked way way too much already. Uh, thank you for, but we uh, our Retro Encounter also did two episodes on Trials of Mana in 2019 when the uh, when the collection was released, and then we did one follow up about the remake in 2020. Uh, so there's, we've already done on uh, Trials of Mana on this podcast a lot. Sounds like a very versatile game. The storyline's not that, it, it's not that deep. It, it, I mean, it's sort of simple. Again, you can finish it in under 20 hours easily, but uh, but you, the team design is hugely versatile, and there's three different ending scenarios depending on who the final boss is. So it's uh, uh-huh. it, it's exciting every time. And, and again, it's, like, it's, it's dependent on who you choose as your main character. So you'll get boss number one if it's uh, Duran or Angela as your main then boss number two if it's Kevin or Charlotte. Then boss number three if it's Hawkeye or Reese. So it's a uh, if you, if you want to play it differently to get the different endings, it depends on who you choose first on when you do the team choices at the beginning. Is it um, connected to like the story wise? Is it connected to Secret of Mana? It is. It takes place hundreds of years before Secret of Mana. Oh, I see. Yep, and um, the dragon that you becomes your flying dragon in Secret of Mana. You you meet you see it hatched as a baby in Trials of Mana. Oh, yeah. So it's uh, but but it, it's and and also like there, there's connections between them, but like like they mm-hmm. they have the same mana elemental spirits. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, and 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 there's names shared between the games, but it, you don't need to play the older ones to know this one. It's it's I its see. own it's its own standalone story. Okay, that's good to hear. <laughs> But I, I, I thank you for allowing me to pop off on that thing for 10 full minutes. 
which I, I, I know is a lot. Um, but uh, uh, listeners, that was between eight and ten different games that uh, the four of us have played multiple times over the years, despite them being RPGs that ostensibly have, you know, are meant to play be played only once this is wasn't an episode about like street fighter that you can play for in multiplayer forever or or mmos that that you're meant to be replaying over and over or or uh playing continuously um these are just a bunch of games that are linear and have beginnings and endings but we just keep going back to them these are our comfort games and i hope that you enjoyed uh listening to us talk about them as much as i did talking about them but i have one last thing to ask the panelists before we go and uh, I'll give you a few minutes to think about it. But what's a game that you played recently that you've only played once that you think might be your next comfort game? Like, like what's a game that's new that you think, oh, I think maybe five years from now I could be talking about how I've played this game over and over. You, you, you understand what I mean? What's like, what do you think is your newest comfort game or game on repeat? But I'll, I'll give you a few minutes to think about it uh, while I tell the listeners about um, what RPG Fan also has to offer. Uh, thanks so much for listening to us. We're doing uh, two episodes on uh, um, Ogre Battle 64, Person of Lordly Cal- Caliber, in the first two weeks of February. I need to play a lot more of that game before I'm ready to talk about it. And that game shares a, a lineage sort of with Final Fantasy Tactics, but not quite. I'm sure that will come up in the episode next week. Um uh, but also coming in February, we're doing two episodes on Star Tropics. Uh, that's Star Tropics one on Star Tropics one, and the second on Star Tropics two. Two sort of action RPGs for the NES that are uh, that a few people on staff are big fans of. So we're gonna. I can't wait to hear how those episodes turn out. Uh, and also coming in March, we're doing episodes on farming video games, on our the remakes we're most interested in seeing, and also hopefully some more like a dragon. Uh, after which will be the first time I've uh, podcasted on it since our Yakuza Like a Dragon Seven uh, spoiler cast from early 2021. Uh, but uh, listeners, if you want to contact us about uh, Ogre Battle or like a dragon, or your own comfort games, the best way to do so is to email retro at rpgfan.com. You can also find RPG Fan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Discord, YouTube, Twitch, always as either RPG Fan or RPG Fancom, with something going on every day on all of those places. On rpgfan.com slash shop, you can see our merchandise store, which has uh, apparel, coffee mugs, phone cases, and a bunch of stuff emblazoned with the RPG Fan Shield. That's a great way to support us. We also have two other fine podcasts, Random Encounter every two weeks about randomness, and Rhythm Encounter every other two weeks on rpg music um and you can re- uh, review those two fine podcasts as well as retro encounter on apple Podcasts, google play spotify or however you choose to listen uh and that those are great ways to, for us to leave feedback but first uh starting with you audra what do you think is your new modern comfort game and then how can listeners find you online oh i'd probably go with um it's a smaller indie game called numina i just really love it and there's coming out with a part two this year, and I'm kind of just wanting to replay the whole thing again <laughs> already just to see how it turns out. Interesting. I'm not, have you talked about that on the podcast before? I don't remember that one. I think I have a few times, but okay. not, I haven't gotten into detail about it, but I really enjoyed it. Did you write a review on the site? Yes. All right. I'll have to, I'll read that review later to see what, uh, see what's going on. Uh, but how can listeners find you should they want to? I can be found on email at B at rpgfan.com. Now, Brian, your turn. What do you think is your uh, most recent potential comfort game? And then how can listeners find you? Yeah, I think I'm not quite done with it yet, but I think Fire Emblem Engage is probably going to be one. But one that I've actually finished. 
Um, when I had to re- when I replayed Final Fantasy VII Remake for the PC review, um, I liked the second playthrough even more than the first, and I'm probably going to play it again before the next uh, entry comes out. And if I enjoy that again, I could see myself replaying this every year or two. I really liked the FF7 remake. I haven't played the uh, the Intergrade DLC. So I think before the next one comes out, I'm going to pick up that and uh, and give that a shot because I really did enjoy it. We did a Retro Encounter episode on it. Well, that'll be a treat. The Intergrade DLC was really good. And how can listeners find you, Brian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at actual lizard TTV. Now, Tim, your turn. Uh, what do you? What is a modern new potential comfort game for you? And how can listeners find you? Uh, for me, it's probably the game that I played the most last year in 2022, which is Horizon Forbidden West. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And I'm also looking forward to the like the new upcoming DLC for it. And People can just find me in Discord. Uh, I'm just named Tin in RPG Fan Discord survey. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Tin. And uh, for me, listeners, oh, I probably should have thought of this ahead of time before I committed to um, asking the question of my three co-hosts. <laughs> but uh, for me, I think it's probably Hades. Um, I mean, Hades is a roguelike game that uh, is meant to be replayed a lot, but I liked it on switch so much i have bought it on pc for myself and i kind of want to start from the beginning and re-experience that game again i i can see myself like like maybe keeping one permanent save file but then continuously replaying and deleting it just to experience that thing again because um hades i think is one of the most special games of the last several years and every and even if i haven't played it for months every time i go back i feel like settling into an old comfortable armchair because that game is just so fun and f- and cozy and i i just love it but uh listeners you've probably heard me say this many times you can find me online on twitter most easily at the real monsoon most of the time at evoker for dogs at other times and on rpg fans forums i am monsoon mike so uh whether this is your first episode of retro encounter or your 362nd listen of retro encounter uh we welcome people of all the experience levels uh just listen to play or listen to things exactly as many times as you want thank you good night and good luck